0: Good morning. I think it's morning still. Um, I, I, a couple of things before we open God's Word today that I want to cover with you. Number one is I, I'm always excited. I've said this for 30 years, I guess, that I believe we can touch the world from right here. And if I did not believe that, i I'd uh, I'd have to uh, back up on many things, but I believe that and I'm always excited when we have uh, relationships that put boots on the ground in different uh, areas and I wanted you to meet uh, Nam and Molly and uh, Moses and Joshua uh, they um, I jokingly said in the first service that Caleb will come eventually and uh um uh, but Nam and Molly, uh, many of you know Molly as uh Jim and Pam Moorhead's daughter. And uh uh how long y'all been married now? Seven years. Seven years. Wow. Time moves on. But uh Nam and Molly are about to hit the mission tr- uh trail again, and uh they're gonna be in southern Asia, and I know uh There's a reason I don't give Nam and Molly's last name or where they're specifically going because we uh, broadcast our services out and we want to protect them in in many ways. So, uh, but Nam and Molly uh, and Moses and Joshua are about to uh, leave next week. And uh, I wanted to make sure we prayed over them today. So, I want to ask uh, uh, anybody in their small group or elders and pastors to come and gather around uh, Nam and Molly, and uh, we want to pray for them. So uh, go ahead and come if you're a pastor or an elder in the room or uh, anybody that's uh, in their small group. I want to just pray over them. Father, first of all, I thank you that you still call us to the nations. And Lord, I thank you that uh, Nam and Molly have said yes to you, Lord, and we will go and we will stand on your gospel and share it with the world. And uh, Father, I pray provision, I pray protection, And I pray a vision, and I pray for open doors and to bear fruit. And we see a life change happen in their area of the world because of you being there. And and Father, even though Nam and Molly are kind of the tip of the spear there, may we be found faithful to hold the spear and to provide for what they need. And so, Father, uh, protect little Moses and Joshua and and, uh, grow them up into uh, the men that you call for them to be. Lord, uh, comfort for Jim and Pam as they uh, send Nam and Molly off. I know that's a difficult season, but we're going to trust you, Father. So today we commission and send out and send forth uh, according to your plan. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Would y'all bless uh, Nam and Molly. And uh, they uh, they were in the first service, so they're probably going to head out. But if you'd like to uh, visit with them, you can uh, definitely do that before they go. Because some of you... You, there was a day Nam and Molly uh, were sitting in a congregation and God called them. And so I believe that's very important. Number two thing that I want to share with you before we open God's word you know, you come to worship. Many times it's ritual or habit, but I pray it's not that way. And you come, we sing songs of praise. We open God's Word, we teach, We uh, uh, and then we come to the end of the message, and so oftentimes we're preparing to leave instead of what I believe is the most important time of the service, and we have a time where we have elders and pastors and prayer team people up here, and uh, we sing a song just to seal what I believe God is uh, saying to you and to me, and we uh, sometimes it's personal, and uh, we have these people to come and to pray with. They're not perfect, uh, and and sometimes we think, oh, if people are going to think uh, something's wrong if I go up there in prayer. We're all screwed up, people. <laughs> Uh, we need prayer. And uh, also, uh, uh, when I Pam and I first started dating, she was uh, part of the Nazarene uh, stream of churches. And one of the things about Nazarenes is they believe strongly in the altar and coming and kneeling and prayer, just a holy place. So I always uh, thought, Man, if I ever have the chance, our stairs will be an altar. And so when we come to the end of the message, I'm going to challenge you, and here's the deal. I, I really pray that uh, the elders and pastors and prayer team are overwhelmed every week. I just pray that people come just to pray And they uh, kneel and they say, God, here I am, use me. We also have the Lord's Supper on either side. And the reason we have that is, uh, first of all, because we believe it in the scriptures, but many of you came from uh, church background streams that took it, the Lord's Supper, every week. And so I just got to thinking, uh, why do we not have it a- available every week? So that is another opportunity for you. But I say this because I, not that a service is successful or not successful by the many people that come to respond at that time, but I just believe that sometimes we hold back and uh, we're not faithful to what God is asking of us, and we just give it an opportunity. So I share that with you because uh, this is not just the beginning of the end. It is uh, a time to respond to what God is saying, okay? So if you have your Bibles, we're gonna be in Genesis 22 today. Brett, for the last three weeks, has done a, great job on the greatest hits, and uh, he dealt with uh, Noah last week, and then Adam and Eve the week before, and then creation. And today, I'm going to pick it up on our next greatest hit, and we're going to talk about Abraham and Isaac today, Genesis 22. Uh, Let me put a picture up here. This uh, Many of you will uh, respond greatly to this because you had a piggy bank when you were a kid. Piggy banks are, are for kids to put their money in and they uh, transition in a mason jars, right? We put our cash in. But we uh, put our uh, money in the slot in the uh, top. Now, uh, Piggy banks have changed. They are now plastic or rubber, and they have a opening on the bottom so you can unscrew them and get your money out. Now, the old pig banks, though, were porcelain, and they had no hole underneath. The only hole they had was the slot in the top. And if you wanted to get anything out of the piggy bank, you had to turn it over and shake it, Right? And the uh, harder you shook, the more you hoped you got out of it. And then the piggy bank got full, and you were desperate. So what did you do? You got a hammer, and you broke the porcelain piggy bank. Now, we're talking about a generation in this room that could care less about what I just said. But here's the deal. In our spiritual lives, and our relationship with our Creator, I think that we have to be shook sometimes to get out of us what God wants to get out of us. And the more we shake, the more God gets out of us. And sometimes, you know, brokenness has to happen for God to accomplish this his purposes in us, and so uh, I want to, I just want you to think about that, because life is sometimes hard, right? It's just sometimes difficult. Things don't go the way we planned, and we struggle with that, or uh, things happen, and uh, we we need to know how to deal with them. So Genesis 22, I'm going to read, and you follow along, uh, verses 1 through 14. After these things, now, I'm not going to stop every time, but i got to tell you what these things are. Uh, Abraham was uh, selected by God. Abraham was the father of our faith as Christians, but also, also as Jews and Muslims. They looked to Abraham as the father of their faith. But uh, God set apart Abraham, and he traveled because he was obedient to God, and he traveled, and in the midst of that traveling, God had an encounter with Abraham, okay? And he promised Abraham that he would have an offspring and out of that offspring would come a group of people and eventually out of that group of people would be a redemptive plan that Jesus would come out of okay? So we're, and and he gave him two illustrations. God gave Abraham two illustrations. One was the uh, sand uh, by the ocean. That you would have offspring as innumerable as the sand. Number two, he showed him the stars. You will have offspring, and your generations will be as numerous as the stars. However, Abraham uh, and Sarah, his wife, they um, they were unable to have children. She was barren. They couldn't have children. So. But they had this promise from God, so they tried to force God's hand into this promise. So Sarah said, take Hagar, my handmaiden, and have a child through her, and uh, maybe God will fulfill his promise. So by uh, Abraham and Hagar, they had a a son by the name of Ishmael, and uh, we're not gonna go into all the history of Ishmael right here, But uh, they had this child. However, this was not the son of promise. God had a son of promise through Abraham and Sarah. So uh, God showed up to them again and said, this is what you're going to have. And so Abraham at 100 years old, how about that? And uh, 90 uh, for Sarah, they had Isaac, which means laughter, because they laughed that old people could have uh, children. And uh, so Isaac was born, and uh, Ishmael, uh, Sarah was jealous of Hagar and Ishmael, and so they got put away, but God protected them and took care of them, and Isaac was born. Now, Isaac was the son of promise, okay, that God was going to... Stay here with the donkey and I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. It is is amazing that Abraham uh, had been told to go sacrifice his son, but he believes that God will deliver his son because he said, we're going to come back. We're going to come back. Verse 6, And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son, and he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they went, both of them, together. And Isaac said to his father Abraham, My father, and he said, Here I am, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Uh, Many people wonder how old Isaac was at this point. He wasn't uh, a little boy. He would have been either a teenager or a young adult. And so he's thinking on his own, and uh, he's thinking, okay, Father, we got the wood and fire, and where's the lamb? Verse 8, And Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went, both of them, together. So Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. The term is Jehovah-Jireh, if you've heard that before. As it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Uh, We're gonna talk about parenting today and how to sacrifice your children. (laughs) So, no, I'm... uh, i just wanted to wake you up with that uh statement you know there's many different approaches to this story one would be historical we look at the father of our faith we look at uh, how he affected the jewish nation and the muslims and christians we could look at it from uh that uh, perspective we could look at it theologically um God is sovereign. God has a plan. God is working to develop our faith. We could look at it from a a God, study God perspective. We can look at it from a Christological perspective. In other words, there's types of Christ all throughout the Old Testament, and we see one in Abraham and Isaac, uh, case being, uh, look at it, uh, one and only son, Isaac was the son of promise, and Jesus was the son of the father. Um, uh, miraculous birth. We, Sarah, Sarah having a baby at 90, and uh, Mary and the virgin birth. We see uh, the sacrifice that is made, uh, and each son questions, both Isaac and Jesus question. Isaac said, okay, dad, Where's the uh, ram? Uh, and uh, Jesus said, Father, is there any other way that this can happen? And uh, uh, the, But the stories ha- let us know resurrection is coming. And we look at the three-day journey. Um, Jesus was in the tomb three days, and Abraham and Isaac traveled three days. We see the ultimate sacrifice and uh, a replacement that was made, a ram in the uh, Old Testament story of Abraham and Isaac, and with Jesus, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. And so we can look at it from a Christological perspective, but I want to look at it as a faith story and how practical it is for you and I today. So I want to look at it from that perspective. I want to give you four key points, and they will be on the screen for us to look at today. Number one is this. Expect tests from God. Expect tests from God. Uh, Abraham, I don't think, foresaw this test, and the father shows up. God the father shows up and says, I want you to take your son, your one and only son, and he says that he, God tested him. Now, there's a difference between temptation and testing. Temptation is from the enemy using your own desires to lead you astray, to uh, lead you away from God. So with temptation, it's to lead you away from God. However, testing is from God to refine and define your faith okay? It's to uh, develop uh, Christ in your life, and so what it is is the testing comes. It's a tool to develop your faith more, and many of you can say, man, I know that testing. I'm going through a test right now, whether it's health issues or relational issues or financial issues or whatever it may be. You're going through a test right now, and you're thinking, okay, God, are you in this or not? I want you to know he is. But here's a a thought under this expect test. God didn't want Isaac's life. He wanted Abraham's heart. He didn't want Isaac's life, even though he asked him to go and, and sacrifice his son He wanted Abraham's heart because God is setting up a redemptive plan for all of mankind and he wants to develop this man of faith and that's what God is doing. And God was putting this ultimate plan of redemption and he needed Abraham to have strong faith. Here's another thought. Anyone... Can act like a Christian, but can you react like a Christian? Now, here's what I mean by that. Abraham is being squeezed, right? And uh, out of that squeezing, his faith is going to be developed. And I look at my spiritual life, I look at you guys, and uh, it's one thing to say, oh, I'm a follower of Jesus. But what about when life gets stinking hard, right? What, how do you act, react at that point? Everybody can act like a Christian. You can learn the Ten Commandments. You can learn what Jesus said. I don't, uh, I don't do things, you know. Uh, I go to church. I do these things. But what about when life gets hard? How do you respond? Do you quit? you give up? Or do you keep going forward? You really don't know what's in you till you're squeezed. Let me, let me let that sink in. You don't know what's in you till you're squeezed. Expect tests in life. Uh, many of you go to the gym and they got you in January and you'll quit in February and they got your money. And... Uh, is that you, Ross? <laughs> oh, you just drive by, uh, uh, But in the gym, there are people that I call posers. They, um, they get the headband and the wristbands, and they have the uh, latest, greatest workout equipment, they got the water bottle that's uh, great. They're always in front of the mirror. They're flexing, and they're looking at themselves in the mirror. You know what I'm talking about, the the posers. And, and they get through posing, and they leave. They don't hardly break a sweat. I think there's poser Christians. I think there are uh, Christians that as long as everything's going smooth, I, I come to church, I go to youth group, I go to the extra activities, I do what's there, but I'm posing because I'm really not growing in my faith, I'm not developing into who God would have me be. And, and I think one of the biggest detriments to Christian faith are Christians, that are posing, and the world needs to see genuine faith, so expect tests from God. Number two is this, focus on promises, not explanations. Focus on promises, not explanations. If anybody would have wanted an explanation, it would have been Abraham. God said, take your one and only son, I want you to uh, sacrifice him, make a burn offering of him. And uh, this was something far-fetched to even ask. But instead of Abraham focusing on the task at hand, he focused on the promises of God. God had said, uh, I'm going to make your generations as abundant as the stars in the sky. And so he focused on the promises He he knew this was a far-fetched thing that God was asking of him, but he was going to focus on the promise. Now, when I am tested, when I am squeezed, I usually respond by crying out, why or why me? Right? Uh, We do that. God, why me? Why, Why do I have to go through this? But... We must realize the promise of God, I will not leave you, I will not forsake you I've obligated myself to provide and take care of you. I have not only my presence and comfort to walk with you daily through these tests, but have an eternal life a forever life that uh, that is there for you and so these promises are real and so often we're focusing on the test instead of on our God. Uh, never doubt in the dark what God has promised in the light. God has given us his word and he has made these promises and at times it doesn't feel like he's gonna step up on these promises But I promise you, he will. Focus on the promises and not the explanations. Three, look for God's provision. Look for God's provision. If he's asking of you something that is far-fetched, and many of you know that God has asked something of you or he's asking something of you, And you're thinking, okay, God, I can't believe you're asking this of me. But look for the provision that he's going to provide for you. I'm sure Abraham thought, okay, God, this son that you've given me, Isaac, is going to be the father of a nation who eventually redemption is going to come through. But you're asking me to go and sacrifice him and I can't believe you're going to do that. I believe you can raise him from the dead even if you choose to do that. But God, I will let you provide. And lo and behold, God provided uh, a ram in the thicket. And uh, lo and behold, uh, God in his perfect timing. Now, I know many of you think God is not late, but are he's sure on the cusp sometimes. Uh, I I know we felt that way sometimes, but God's plan is always in his perfect timing. For Pam and I, we look back at our life, um, especially our married life and going into the ministry, and uh, we felt like God was asking certain things of us, and uh, it seemed far-fetched, especially to our parents. And uh, we look back, and uh, um, I'm serving at a church in the Waco area, and I needed to go to seminary, so we up and moved without jobs because we felt like this was got what God was asking. We walked that out. We uh, eventually went on staff in, in uh, Stephenville, Texas, Eventually, God brought us here to Round Rock. Uh, in 1990, we went over and were part of a relaunch of a church uh, called Northeast. In 1993, God was asking us uh, about uh, this thing called Central, and we see what is taking place here. And uh, we look back at this, and then we look at our current uh, Uh, testing that we're going through with my health and everything so we look back at this I'm telling you we've been married uh, 44 years and it will be 45 in in March and uh, we look back and if 45 years ago God would have showed us the whole picture we'd have said heck no we're not going to do that. If you'd have told us we were going to be here in a community and, and this long and be here, we'd say, no way, this is too hard. There's no way we're going to go through it. But we look at that step by step by step. God has orchestrated and he has worked this out. So the key is to walk in obedience and true faith is proved out in obedience. Number four, give God the glory. Give God the glory. Sometimes when we're going through testing, we say, why me, oh me, pity me, poor me, instead of seeing how God is working out uh, His plan is a redemptive plan in us. And uh, the scriptures are clear to say, he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. So can I give God the glory? Now, some of you are going through tests today. You're going through financial tests or a family breakup test or you're going through uh, any financial health Uh, you name it you're going through and some of you have tests going on i'm thinking oh i just pray god meets you in the middle of that test but i want you to know that he who began a good work will be faithful to complete it give god the glory Tests are going to come. I, I wish, you know, I, I'm not a feel-good preacher. I'm just telling you the way it is. Tests come. And God has not abandoned you in those tests. He's using those tests to develop your character, to make you more like Christ is what he's doing. And then he's, he's giving you promises so the tough thing is, is that, you know, I wake up every morning thinking, okay, I'm going to have my balance today, and I don't, and I, I just think, okay, God, I can focus on my balance or I can focus on you. I'm going to choose to focus on you today, and then um, look for the provision. God is going to provide somehow, and then give God the glory as the worship team comes I want to kind of tie this up a little bit because I've said it over and over again but God is developing in you his character and he's in you in an incredible way uh, many of you have seen the movie The Lion King now um, I I'd heard about this in The Lion King, and I watched it. So I went back and watched the clip of The Lion King. And, uh, you know, The Lion King is uh, a great movie. Uh, uh, you know, it's an animated movie Disney put out, and they made a lot of money on it, and, uh, and uh, it's a, a good movie. But uh, sometimes there's spiritual... Things in movies that you, you see that and you think, man. So many of you will remember Mufasa was the king of the jungle, right? He was the uh, big head uh, lion king. And uh, Simba gets caught up. His son gets caught up in a, a herd of what were they? Huh? Wildebeest. Wildebeest. Okay. <laughs> Uh, and uh, Mufasa apparently gets killed uh, in in that, and it's like Bambi's mom. Uh, Mufasa goes down. And so Simba feels bad about it because of Scar, his uncle, you know. You can... And so Simba runs away and he meets uh, Timon and Pumbaa and, and, uh, and all those kind of things. But... Uh, he comes back, and he bumps into a baboon guy named Rafiki, right? And uh, so he bumps into Rafiki, and uh, he tells Rafiki, it's a great clip. He tells Rafiki, he says, uh, my, my dad has died. And uh, Rafiki, who's kind of a comic character, says, oh, you're wrong, you're wrong come here, I will show you your father. And so they go through this uh, bit of jungle and Rafiki is going uh, ahead of time and uh, Simba's there. And so uh, they come to this uh, grass part and Rafiki says, shh, you, you need to come and look here. And so he was going to show him his father. And so he, uh, Simba comes over there and he looks down into the water And he sees his reflection. And uh, he says, basically to Rafiki, you know, this is not doing any good. And Rafiki says, oh, look closer. And he, as he looks closer, Simba's looking, but he sees the reflection of Mufasa. He sees the reflection of his father. And Rafiki says this, he says... Your Father is in you. And I thought, man, that's a spiritual movie, Lion King. All of a sudden, your Father is in you. Folks, I want you to know the living God through His Son, Jesus Christ, indwells you. And the test that you go through The tough times that you go through. And I have to tell myself this every day God, the reason I'm going through this is not for my detriment, but so that you can be reflected in me. Your Father is in you. Now, some of you today, you're saying, Mark, how can I believe this is true? I I want you to know that what I believe the scriptures teach is that God sent his son and that anyone who would put their faith in his son Jesus Christ would have eternal life. Not perfect. You're not going to be perfect. But it's it's the right relationship with the Father. And I know sometimes people might say, Mark What if you step out into eternity and you realize that all you bought into was wrong? You know, I can look back and think, man, I got a great wife. I got great kids. I got great friends. I've lived a a fulfilled life. I can say, I can go out of here saying, I was a blessed man. But what if I'm right? What if I'm right? You die and you step out into eternity and you stand before a holy God. What are you going to say at that point?